Welcome to the Joy of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Taylor. On this podcast, we explore the passion and purpose of leadership. And we do so by talking with recognized leaders who do not merely have jobs, but men and women who have been called to their chosen sphere of influence. All right, Matt Mangum. Hey, we are so glad to to have you here. Um, I love the idea of, of having, you know, kind of one of our Hebron parents who's also a professional actor and kind of out there living. Uh, we, we really work super hard with our students where, where our emphasis is this mindset where we want to we want to take our students, we want them to find their passion, find their calling, and then be able to take their faith into that marketplace, whether it's acting, whether it's uh, being a dentist, or whether it's being, being a, you know, anything, a doctor, a surgeon, right. whatever it is. We want the kids to re- be able to really take that, that calling, that passion, and really apply it to the real world. Right. And so I'm dying to kind of hear your story. So you jump into this in ninth grade. Uh, yes. Is when you're first um, introduced. So, so walk me through that. Tell me yeah, what that, that looks that's like. Some good research that you did there. I don't know where you pulled that from. <laughs> um, well, I, I'll, I'll be. I'll tell you the honest story. Yeah. Um, ninth grade is when you had the the um, the upper and lower lockers, <clears throat> and the girl in the locker above me was super cute, <laughs> and I overheard her say she was taking drama class, and I went and changed my class. Drama suddenly drama looked class. more attractive. I like that. That is literally why I got into drama <laughs> class. Um, but I ended up loving it. I did my first play in ninth grade. And yeah, that just kind of, uh, <clears throat> obviously I never thought anything of a career in it. Like there was a guy in my drama class who was on a Honda commercial. Um, and I remember thinking, how, did, how? Like we live in Atlanta. How, why, are, why, why you? Um, and so, yeah, never in a million years that I ever consider you know, this wild pursuit. Now, what it. was that first play? Do you remember? It was a variety show. It was a variety show. Yep. Okay. So did you keep acting all through high school? Were you involved no, in I, all of I the school? No, I didn't um, because I, I, I transferred to a smaller private school okay. after that that did not have a thriving okay. drama production, and I played baseball. Baseball is what I wanted to do. That's okay. where I thought for sure my, my calling. And, and So acting was your leave. fallback. I guess you could say that. <laughs> More delusions of grandeur, I okay. guess. Like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I just I wanted to play ball. I thought, uh, you know, that's what I went to college to do. I didn't study. I went to college to play ball. Okay. And, and then it came to a point where it's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to play ball much longer. <laughs> so maybe I should study and get serious and, and get a degree and figure something out. So, yeah. And, and even then, I still hadn't totally considered acting as a, as a possibility. So when did when did that transition take place? Like, at what point in time did the light bulb pop? Um, I... I got two internships after I graduated college. One was with the Braves in the marketing department, yeah. which I thought would be somewhat of a dream job, and I hated every second of it. And I got another internship with Universal Studios. Like They have a little tiny office here in Atlanta where all I did was deliver movie recordings to radio stations for their ads for commercials and movie posters to movie theaters. That, that's what I did. And it, I had the opportunity to get on a film set doing that. And that was really the first time I was ever on a set and I was watching how it was done and I was watching the actors and I just thought, you know, I think I can do that. So the process seemed fascinating. Absolutely. Okay. And I dabbled in it. Um, you know, in, in college, I, I, I mostly focused on baseball, but I had an agent at the time. I got an agent right after high school for the first time. So they would, I mean, Atlanta wasn't what it is now. Right, so it right. would be maybe a film a year that would roll through, a lot of commercial stuff, a uh, couple TV shows, not, nothing big. And so 
when I would get an audition, I would be like, no, I'm at school. You know, this is, so I always still kind of had it there, had it following me. Um, and after I got on that film set, I called my agent. I was like, you know, I think I, I do want to try this. Like, I think I could actually do this. Um, so that's how I, that was the first bad decision I made in life. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so did you, did you still finish with school? I did. I did. I finished, I uh, finished and got my degree and, it was communications, so I mean, I guess you could say I've used it, right, yeah, but I close. feel like I've never really used <laughs> what I went to schooling for for all that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I didn't do any of that until after college, which I think helped me a lot to having that experience, life experience, what I thought at the time at you know, 24 and 25 was life experience, but I do think that was invaluable to somewhat you know, be normal. Now, like you mentioned, you mentioned with the, the idea that Georgia as a state, mm-hmm. Atlanta as, certainly as a region – the the film industry has just absolutely taken over. I mean, right. it's, it's been phenomenal. Uh, I think in a very progressive way, our state stepped in with some of the tax credits and some mm-hmm. of those pieces that allow film companies to do things a little bit cheaper here. Uh, you spent some time in L.A., which I can't imagine an actor not having to right. spend some time in yeah. L.A. Uh, tell me a little bit about why you made that choice to jump into L.A. and then what brought you back to Atlanta? Um, I... I, I had some small parts here and there that I got on stuff in Atlanta. And I, honestly, I paid the bills being a double for actors, huh. which is a great gig. It pays well. Um, it's not what you want to do. I want to act, but I, I got to do it for, I mean, you name an A-lister and I, I pretty much doubled them and watched them. And, and that was probably to me the best learning experiences that I've had is, is being up close and personal on set and watching literally some of the best actors in the world do it. And I was on a film and got to know the, one of the assistant directors and, and he just kept telling me, man, you need to move to LA. You need to move to LA. Like, I think, I think you do really well out there. Like this is, if that's really what you want, you need to do it. Um, he offered me his place to, to crash at for a couple of weeks till I could find my own place. And, and honestly, it was kind of a, a decision made in about a week. Um, I, I wouldn't say much thought or prayer went into it. It was just kind of like a, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. And so I, we wrapped on this film, like on a Friday, I packed up my truck over the weekend and Monday drove to LA. No kidding. And, and so, you were doubling on a film when, when you the, were introduced mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I, li- I literally don't know anything about doubling. So, well, so, so you were <laughs> working like all over the world? Well, on that no, no, thing, no. How does M- that mostly stuff here. Okay. When, when films will come to town here, it's, um, it is, I mean, it, it can be something as small as the actors come in, rehearse the scenes, and then they step out and I step in and continue to do the scenes for gotcha. camera to get set up and for lighting to get set up. And then it's, you know, it can be over the shoulder shots, like other actor steps out cause they've got to go cause they get paid a lot and they'd rather get rid of them and, and use me to show the side of my shoulder when you're talking to another actor. Oh, so that's it's so intriguing. a lot okay. of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, cool. So, so you moved to LA mm-hmm. And where, where is that? I mean, I, I, you, you had a great role in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. It's filmed right here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. When you go out to L.A., is, is that the spot where you, where you get discovered, get found, all those no, kind of pieces? No, it's not. It's not? Okay. <laughs> um, no, L.A. was um, like most naive, um, unprepared people, a big slap in the face to me. Um, and, and my agent here at the time actually said, you don't need to go to L.A., you're not ready. And, and, you know, maybe in my either wisdom or arrogance or narcissism, I was like, yeah, no, I think, I think I should go to LA. Um, it was a massive learning experience that I had no real direction or guidance on what I was doing. It was me 
kind of figuring it out, which isn't the way I would encourage anybody to do much of anything, right. especially a profession like this. And so I, I, it was a lot of continuing to do a lot of doubling work. So I had a lot of connections that would give me work on that end of it. But when you're doing that, you're still shooting 12, 14 hours a day, which doesn't leave a lot of time for auditions, doesn't leave a lot of time to make connections on the other end of, of uh, the acting world. And it was um, draining and exhausting. And then you feel, um, uh, what's the right word, Dis- disappointed, but to a higher level of, I'm not doing what I came out here to do mm-hmm. kind of thing. <clears throat> and then I met my wife, who was... Um, living in LA at the time and we started dating and that started to get a little bit more serious. And I thought, well, you know what, maybe this is why I'm out here. So like I had a good run, like I gave it a good shot. Uh, I guess it's time to be an adult now. So I actually got my real estate license (laughs) in LA. Yep. Um, Stepped away from acting, but I don't think I ever truly will or did. Um, so I, I would still have an audition occasionally, but it was it was not a focus at all whatsoever. And we both came to the point where we were just kind of tired of living in LA because it wears on you. It's a it's an exhaustive place. So it's fantastic for a week if you go visit. Right, it right. Is great place, to greatest visit. place in the Awful world place to live for That's a week. A, yeah, uh, I was just there last week. I oh, can, it's, it's I fantastic. Can yeah, right. It's great. Yeah. Don't move there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a it it it's a place that wears on you. Um, spiritually, emotionally, like even relationally, like who, who's, who's your real friends and who's in right. it because of what I'm like, it's an exhaustive place to live. Right. So we, we just both, we were spent. And so we, um, my, my wife grew up in the South some, um, she moved to LA when she was 17. So she was in her mid twenties at this time. So that LA was kind of home to her. Mm-hmm. So it was a big move for her, but she, she had been in the South and lived in it. So we, we came back to Atlanta. Um, and that was the housing crash that we talked about when, when everything went down and, and the industry went into a rider strike. And so nothing was shooting anyway. And so I just continued to work real estate here, um, for about until the housing crash. And that's when started to go, you know what, maybe (laughs) acting looks pretty good again. Uh, And when you go from selling, you know, somebody, a starter home for 750,000 to a starter home for 110,000. Right. You know, the checks are different. And so right. you got to work a lot harder to make very little work that you had to do to sell one house in L.A. So that to me, I, and that's another thing that I did that like, yeah, I mean, it's a job, but my this isn't what I want to do. Like right. my heart's not in it. That's right. Yeah. So so we're, we're going to get to some of the roles and things like mm-hmm. that, which I'm excited about. Uh, I've got to introduce the whole idea of faith. Right. So so you know, kind of our whole discussion on this thing is about taking faith into the real world. And, and, uh, so now was your wife, was she already on pastoral staff when she's in California or does she was, she was, um, worked for a church in LA, um, the LA dream center. And she had, she had been on staff. She actually moved to LA to, to volunteer there. So she did like a one year volunteership and got hired on staff and was on staff for seven years. So that's where we met. We met at church. Um, I played guitar and I, I, played at my church here and I wanted to get involved in, in the youth ministry because that's, you know, I was still mid twenties and, you know, felt like I could still relate to teenagers right. at that time. Right. Um, and so I went to talk to her because she was the the worship leader of the youth band. 
and she put me on stage and that's just kind of how we met and very cool. got to know each other. Yeah. Very cool. And so now she's on, on staff here at 12 stone, mm -hmm. uh, large, large church structure here in the Atlanta region, um, and, and functioning there in pastoral staff. So, so talk to me a little bit about how faith, how your personal faith, how does that work in an industry that is, is pretty secular, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty wild industry. So how, how do, how do you take your faith into that type of a setting? Um, um, graciously. Okay. Um, politely, kindly. Um, it's, it, what's really amazing. Well, first of all, I, I felt like I was, uh, obviously I, I continued to pursue this cause I felt like it's something God called me to do, wanted me to do, gifted me to do. And you know, I felt like that was to win a dozen Oscars to stand on stage at, at the Oscars when the entire world is watching and, and proclaim the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you realize that that's just not really always the case. It's more about your little circle right. of influence. That's right. Like, and so that was a, um, a transitional change I had to make because I feel like when we talk about our callings or we talk about what it is God wants us to do to whatever industry, we always kind of see ourselves at the absolute peak of that. Like only can I reach the absolute peak of this job, this industry, this business, then people will listen to what I have to point. say. And that's just not the that's case. That's a great point. Um, and so the way I take it in is carefully. Um, I build relationships first. I mean, I don't walk on a set on my first day and say, hey, I'm Matt, I'm playing uh, John, I'm a Christian in real life. Just, you know, I'm a Christian. Like I don't, you don't do right. that. Um, it's just all about building relationships, getting to know people, letting them do a, most of the talking sure, so that you can, can really start to understand who they are and see um, what their life entails. And the times that faith comes up, it's always very openly received because I've already built relationships right. with people. Right. And it's really amazing. I mean, for everything that, you know, people, I'm going to say here in Atlanta may, may think of what the Hollywood industry is as far as it's secular. Yes, it is all that, but the extreme view that it may have, it, I've never really encountered a lot of right. it. People are still people. People and, are still and, people. And they love relationships. Like, and that's yep. the thing, right? You're tearing down the walls to show them who you are mm -hmm. afterwards, then being able to introduce your mm -hmm. faith. Ha has it limited your roles? Um, no, it, it hasn't. hasn't. Okay. And, and, you know, there's... I'm I'm open to doing a lot of stuff that people would deem sinful based on, you know, I would never do that in my real life. I'll accept roles that I can do that mm -hmm. or say that. Um, and I think for me, one of the biggest parts of acting is that's how I've learned empathy because I'm not a very empathetic person. Um, but when you look at someone else's life and what, why they're doing what they're doing, why they're saying what they're saying, why they are acting out this way in a film. To me, it's, it's such an incredible way to break down what people are going through, how to understand them, why they are doing that. And so it, my faith hasn't limited my roles because I'm open to doing things and saying things that a lot of people probably would think, well, as a Christian, you shouldn't say that in a film. Right. You shouldn't do that in a film. But it really, it, the other, another thing I had to learn is, for an actor, it really is a separation of who you are. Right. It is not me. Right. Um, you know, if if I get to heaven and God wants to have a big conversation with me about it and he's mad at me because I said something in a movie, 
I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, anyway, <laughs> but I, I also think he has grace and he has understanding yeah. and he knows the world that I'm in. Um, and luckily I haven't had to cross a lot of those right. boundaries. Right. But the, the longer I've been in the industry and the more I've been around it, the, what I've, I've truly learned that for actors, I can do, you know, whatever we deem to be one of the worst scenes in the world, according to scripture, you did that scene. They say cut, and I can continue a conversation about faith with whatever actors I was talking with, because they're not going to be like, well, wait a second. You said you're a Christian, but you just murdered three people in this scene, or, right. you know, you use like, like, they don't see it that way. It is an absolute separation, separation of, yeah. And I had to learn that, because I remember younger hearing that an actor was a Christian, and hear them cussing a film, and I just remember... I can't believe you. Right, right. You literally just right. said you were a Christian. Like I, I could not make that separation. You know what's so interesting is like, you know, with acting, everybody gets to see you do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're watching you in your role as DJ on, on Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. They're watching you handle that position. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter what career you're in. Every single career is wrestling with how are they going to apply their faith? What will be yep. their lines? What what will be the things that they're willing to cross and willing not to? Yeah. How will they still honor the Lord in the way that they live? You know, and that that's such I mean, it's such a great grappling point on how our faith is going to be lived out in the real world. Mm -hmm. You know, so Walking Dead. Uh, my daughter has been a huge fan of The Walking Dead. She loved the series. Um, you know, it, it's you know killing zombies, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, it is it is a, a unique thing. It's not like some pacifist, you know, right. Christian <laughs> approach. Uh, your role there, mm -hmm. uh, it's it is that idea of separating, but also that role is a very interesting role. That role kind of is almost like a like a savior, you know, yeah. like this reformed guy. Um, tell tell me about how that role and how do you develop a role like that? How do you become that character? Um, uh, I'll tell you about, so the walking dead is obviously a show that I've wanted to be on. I, I started watching it pretty much from day one. So I was a big fan and I, I knew it, it filmed here. And so there were a lot of times where I would literally do things to try and get on the role as far as uh, the story of the walking dead is when, when you get an audition for the walking dead, if they like you, they follow you away in a filing cabinet. Um, and then as more roles come along, instead of them, you know, sending out the, the auditions to all these people out there, they go back in the filing cabinet and find the mm. people they like and like, how about bringing him in? So every time I would get an audition for The Walking Dead, I knew that. And so not that I would try harder on those auditions, but that is what I was, was trying to do. And I was always very clean cut. Um, and so finally I started reading for the show a lot and I wasn't getting it. And so I said, you know, I'm going to stop cutting my hair and, and stop shaving and let's see what happens. And that went on for about a year. So I, my hair got real long. My beard got real long. I looked real homeless. <laughs> um, and my brother got married during that time and I looked like a homeless best man in a tuxedo. And um, I had an audition for The Walking Dead. It was like May, something like that. And I sent it in and then you forget about it because that's what you have to do to auditions. And then... Uh, I was out one day and, and I saw I had a missed call from my agent. This was like three and a half, four months later. And so I called her back and she's like, hey, I need to know if you're available on Monday to shoot. And I was like, yeah, like I, I haven't read for anything recently. Like, what is this? Because, you know, you get because sometimes you get booked from headshots and you find out what the project is or the commercial. And you're like, no, I think I want to work for 250 for the day. So that's a pass. So I was expecting something like that. And she said, oh, it's Walking Dead. They're booking you from your audition back in May. 
I was like, oh, yeah, I'm available. Like, wow. And so th- that that is, I mean, the whole journey was incredible and amazing and super weird, just like that. Like, I've never had an audition, and then four months later gotten a call that you booked it. So, you know, as you when you go into a, a, a new show, a new TV show, you're it's kid gloves. I mean, you're you're surveying everybody. I'm not going to walk in on day one, step toes and things like that. And and so, you know, you you take your early cues of what the character is from the writer, from what the script says, from what the every audition will have a half a paragraph breakdown of what the character is. Um, so you take your cues from that, and then you just put yourself into it. Like literally, my experiences. My, my life experience, my thought processes, and you just kind of mesh the two. Mm-hmm. We, my wife and I, we're both big theater nuts. And mm-hmm. so we lived in Boston for a long time. We were always going to theater. And, uh, and, and that's the thing that I was always mesmerized by. It's just I love the idea that this person, who I've read interviews or watched them outside, but then they step into this role and they become you know, a role that I've heard or read many times before. And I love that idea of just becoming this other person. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's just such a fascinating process to be able to see it. It's playing dress up. And, and and like I said, for me, I, I've learned so much empathy from it, from trying to become someone I'm not trying to um, get in someone's mindset that my mind does not work like that. It never has, never will. But man, if my mind worked like that, I could fully see. Right. Um, and one of my favorite things I've always heard is, you know, bad guys and TVs and movies don't know they're bad guys. Like they they are fully justifiable in everything that they do. Every decision they make, they can fully justify the reason why they're doing it. And that was uh, that was big for me to to think. I mean, everybody does. We all act out probably because of selfish reasons a lot of the times, but because we want, we're doing what we think is right. And, and sometimes no matter how many toes we step on, how many people we rub, rub the wrong way, we do what we think is right. Right. And that, that just, that trickles down into every, you know, layer of, of a character right. and right. bad guy to good and, guy. And I, I liked your character on Cobra Kai. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> kind of the, the, the selfish boyfriend type thing, which was a riot. Yeah. Uh, I just, I thought that was great. Do you have other projects that are upcoming? Other things you're already working on no, now? No, uh, auditioning. Okay. Um, I had a, a couple projects wiped out from COVID, okay. which was super fun. Right. Um, literally got, got word of one on a Wednesday and on Friday is when the world shut down and okay. the studio ended up pulling the plug on that altogether. So no, it's just auditioning right Very now. Cool. And we're in the slow season. It usually from, from May to June is the slow season. After uh, July 4th, things pick back up and it slows down back in right. Thanksgiving to Christmas. So We mentioned a little while ago the tax credits in Georgia, mm-hmm. but I know, you know I spent 15 years in Savannah, uh, super hot spot for films. Yep. Atlanta is a super hot spot for films. And so, I mean, this is really a great place to be yeah, as it is. an actor, I would and, imagine. And you said earlier, I can't imagine anybody being an actor not spending time in L.A., but now you can. Right. Like, everybody comes right. here, honestly. This is the place you go to You go to start your career because it's there. there are so many things here um, and the cost of living. Like, why would you want to move to L.A. when you can move here and probably Absolutely. work just as much? Right, and... and Buy a house for a tenth of the cost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so how about from a kid's perspective? So you have you have a couple of kids. How mm-hmm. did how did are they allowed to watch the role in <laughs> in Walking Dead? Like, what does that look like? How does that how do they process they have dad not, being on? They the have big not screen? seen Walking Dead. Okay. Um, they've seen the end of me on the Walking Dead with my head on a pike. <laughs> Spoiler alert for anybody yes. who hasn't seen it. Um, it. Yeah, it's it's normal to them. 
like, I mean, they've just kind of, um, I worked on one film where I was doubling another actor, but Morgan Freeman was on the film and I'm not a picture person. Like I'm not impressed by famous people. So when everybody else is getting pictures with famous people, I'm usually standing there watching just cause I don't care. And they're just people. And I, I, that's the other thing is I try to treat when I meet famous people, first of all, I don't care, but I also try to let them know, look, I, you're a person or a person. There's no difference. And I was working on this film and, it was one of the last days and everybody was taking pictures of Morgan Freeman and I was just standing there and he waved me over for a picture and I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And he was like, like he like insisted. And so, it, well, I mean, you're not going to continue to say no to Morgan right. Freeman. Yeah. You don't say no. So I went over and took a picture with him and my kids saw that. And I mean, they would be like a movie would be on TV and they'd be like, Oh dad, there's your friend Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously not my friend, right. but like that. So they, it's just so normal to them. Um, yeah, but they've they've seen a, a, some of the stuff. They they think it's they think it's weird when they they did a set visit once when I was um, doing another show and I was playing John Smith and I was all like nasty, dirty, and and filthy and and my son wouldn't he was three at the time maybe he wouldn't he wouldn't get within five feet of me like he wanted <laughs> nothing to do with me he couldn't figure out why I looked like that what was going on um, and there's this great picture holding my daughter and he's just at the side like with his eyes cut like. Um, I don't want anything to do with you. You know, the thing that I'm, I'm always intrigued with, and, and I, I have the privilege of working with kids every mm. day. You know, I, I just, it's the greatest blessing in the world. I'll take uh, your word for it. Uh, listen, I, <laughs> I, I, I like kids so much more than I like adults. You know, kids just say oh. when they think you're a jerk, they tell you you're yeah, a jerk, yeah, there which, you go. which I love, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, when we're younger, mm. we kind of think that our lives are going to be this straight line, right? Mm. For you, hey, I'm going to go and be a baseball guy. Mm. That's what I'm going to do. And that's how it's going to work. And, and that's one of the biggest revelations, really, as we're doing this podcast is, is seeing that our road is never a straight line, mm-hmm. that it, it's, it's always this twist and turn. And when we combine faith with what we're doing, you know, I try to tell my students all the time, I tell my, my own two kids, uh, you don't need to worry about step number 17, right? Just be faithful in the next step. Mm-hmm. And once you're done with that step, be faithful in the next step. And I never in a million years, growing up in Canada, I never in a million years ever thought that I would be living in the South. I, I was subject. See, I heard it when you said South. Yeah, did you? Yeah. yeah okay. Or I, now, say, now, I still have now, an out and about every so often that I slide in. Now that in I know, there. I'll be able to hear it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I never in a million years thought that. I was a troublemaker getting kicked out of school when I was in school. Mm. Uh, never in a million years did I think that I would be in administration. And I love the idea that God takes us on this, this twists and turns mm-hmm. and we just need to be faithful in the process. And so right. your story is a great example of that. Uh, I love the idea of just holding up an example for our students here to say, Hey, if this is your passion, you need to do it. You know, yeah. you need to jump in and, and, and shoot after your passion. Clearly you've got a very patient and loving wife who's very. willing to support that, which is awesome and mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, but it's, it's, I love the idea of seeing that t- the twists and turns and to see how God has been faithful. So, uh, it is, has been a great time having oh, you here, it. Matt. And, uh, we appreciate well, let me you say jumping one more in. thing. Go. About, yeah. Okay. About the twists and turns. Um, that that's been continues to be a learning thing for me because, you know, I started acting at 14 and I thought, God, why didn't you direct me towards that? Why didn't you change what I thought I was supposed to be doing? Because I continued to pursue the baseball route, which took me to college, which, you know, I met certain friends in college I wouldn't have. And and I think we start to look at that as like, 
maybe we missed God or we did something the wrong way. But uh, yeah, I think it's more of like the twists and turns. I think he takes us to certain areas as long as we're listening and following mm-hmm. him to learn different things, which are the building blocks of who we are and who we become. So yeah, we, we talk about the idea of like hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Haven't you experienced that where you say hundred like, percent? You, you'll see this experience and in the middle of it, you say, why? Like, why would this have yep. happened? You know, and when I was a new believer, I, I really, I wrestled for several years about just some of the the difficult parts of my youth, mm. my bad yeah. decisions. Why would those take place? You know? Yep. And then I realized I'm going to spend the rest of my life working with teenagers who make bad decisions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it was, it was literally some of those bad things that have made me better at what I do, that God gets to use those things in my life. Yeah. It's amazing, Which right? isn't permission to go do bad things. Right. It, yes. Right. Make sure everybody hearing understands right. that. It's not permission. Yeah. But it is amazing to see how God can even take For those sure. broken parts, you know? So Matt, hey, kindred spirit, man, it's great. I'm going to have yep. to line you up with some of our acting programs here. Sure. We are blessed to have a thriving program. Oh, we have. So both really... of my kids have done several plays here. They love awesome. it. Yeah. It's, Very good. It's Second generation. Day. I love it. Okay. Matt, thank you so much for coming in today to do leadership, uh, the joy of leadership. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the joy of leadership podcast, where we emphasize the blessings of leadership and our call to this vital role. 